God answered prayer. God answered prayer. I repeat, God answered prayer. What a blessing to hear that testimony from Africa this morning. They are eight hours plus, and I'm just, uh, I'm thrilled for the power of God to be unlimited. Uh, <clears throat> what he forgot to share was that uh, Dale had shared that Sunday evening, which was Sunday morning, last Sunday, he had, uh, there was a season of where his vision was really incredibly, it was, it was normal. And then it kind of slipped back. Uh, but the very fact that God is able to answer prayer, that we can stand in the gap on behalf of other people around the world, is something really spectacular in God's kingdom. I'm just uh, thrilled and I'm so glad that <clears throat> Beth was able to have a live message that was just given this morning. All right, if you can turn to uh, Psalm 26, let's start there. We started last week in this journey with King David in the Psalms and other psalmists that write. These are the words of David in Psalm 26, starting in verse 1. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. And I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. Your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. Let's pray. Lord, we just really want to Pray that your word would become personalized to us this morning. Lord, we just thank you for the life of, of David, the shepherd boy that became a king. And Lord, we just pray that you would teach us your way out of your law this morning. Lord, as I blow the shofar again, I pray that we would have ears to hear hearts to receive and wills to obey to the glory and majesty of your name, Jesus. Lord, thank you that when the shofar was played in ancient times, there was something that took place in the spiritual realm. Whether it was shofars being blown in worship, or in warning, or in communicating. Lord, we just pray that this morning we could hear what's in your heart. Lord, that's my prayer. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation and stirring in my heart 
oh God, would be acceptable to you. Oh Lord, my God, my Redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> A paraphrase of what David is saying in verse 3 is, I've, I'm always aware of your unfailing love. And I've trusted in the Lord without wavering, and I've lived according to your truth. Having a continual awareness of God's unfailing love is the place of abiding that we all need. David testified that he was living daily according to God's truth. Wow, no wonder he had such a special place in God's heart as recorded in Acts 13.22. God gave testimony. And he said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. In asking God to declare him innocent, David was not claiming to be sinless. He was pleading with God to clear his name of the false charges made against him by his enemies. And we can also ask God to examine us. In fact, that's a great prayer. Lord, try me. Examine me. Search me and know my ways. See if there be any wicked way in my heart. We can ask God to forgive us of our sins and clear our record according to His mercy. David loved truth. And those who wanted to walk in truth were the people that David was attracted to. And that's a great example for us today. Look at verses 4 and 5. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. Verse 9. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. So should we stay away from sinners and unbelievers? Not at all. Although Christians should avoid some places. But Jesus demonstrated that we must go among unbelievers to be the light of Christ, piercing the darkness that they live in. And there is a difference, however, between being with unbelievers and being like them or acting like them. Because acting or speaking like unbelievers always, always harms our witness for God. I remember as I was looking at this this week, the Lord brought my memory back to a time when I was a relatively new believer and just come to faith a couple of years. I was staying out in California just for a visit and uh, an elder had put me up in, in his house and his longing desire was for his rebellious son that was right around my age who was still involved in drugs and just the dark side. And since I had lived in that for many years as a hippie, I, uh, I said, hey, that'd be my honor. He said, well, he's living in our little camper. Uh, maybe you can have a time of witnessing with him or witnessing to him. So I went over there and started sharing with him about my life and his life. And, and all of a sudden, he ended up pulling out a, a hash pipe and just said, hey, man, how'd you like to, to smoke it? 
And immediately I had a bit of a check in my heart, but I thought, hey, maybe this would increase my witness. He'd see that I'm just, I'm not too far from him. So don't you know, I ended up getting high with him. And when I tried to talk about God or Jesus, nothing came out right. And the next day, God severely dealt with me of how darkness had pulled me down even to a greater darkness. So ask yourself about the people you enjoy being with who are unbelievers. If you are with them often, are you less obedient to God in perspective, in attitude, in action? If the answer is yes, you need to step back away from that friendship. The people we are with a lot do affect us. The Apostle Paul warns us. David said, I will not sit with these type of people. I, I'm not going to have intimate fellowship. I hate the assembly of evildoers. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 33 and 34, do not be deceived. Evil or bad company corrupts good habits and morals. Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. He's addressing those who hang out with the wrong crowd. They may be nice people, but their darkness will definitely affect our living in the light. The light in us gets turned down when we fellowship around the darkness with unbelievers because we can't share the Lord who's the light. So if we continue to build in these relationships, it will affect our faith and our walk with God. And I felt as I was preparing this, someone here really needs to hear this this morning. The Word of God states this clearly, evil company, bad company, will corrupt good morals. And Paul says, do not be deceived about this. He gets pretty strong. Friends, if we don't believe this, we're already deceived in some measure. Throughout the years, I've had to carefully monitor how I spent my time with unbelievers and evaluate that their effect on me. And that was especially so in the friendships that I had with many Arabs and Jews unbelieving while living in Israel for 26 years. And friends, I tell you, we can easily compromise our faith and our walk with God and our desire not to offend them. Let's turn to Psalm 43. Psalm 43 David writes in verse 1, Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go around mourning and complaining because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out your light, and your truth. 
Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to the place where you dwell. <coughs> we'll come back to Psalm 26, but there's something here I think the Lord has for us. David perceived that deception and injustice filled the hearts of his enemies. Now we're in a similar situation today. Deception is all around us. Injustice and hatred are increasing. Have you noticed? Now Jesus warned us about these days when he talked about the end of the age in Matthew 24. Friends, we need the spirit of truth to help us to discern truth from deception today. Deception was a major concern for the first century church, and it was addressed in every New Testament book, every New Testament letter. So it needs to be addressed today, and especially as it is increasing in our time. David prayed, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. And that's a great prayer for us to pray also. I want to give you four safeguards against deception. Four safeguards against deception. They're very simple. Number one, know the truth. Know the truth. Each of us must not only read, we must study the scriptures so that we know God's truth and recognize error. I am so excited. We're about to launch another season of the Sermon on the Mount. This will probably be Maybe the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th time that Janet and I have gone through this, every time God leads us deeper. Because the truth and the foundation of the kingdom and the Sermon on the Mount will be the eternal standard for God's kingdom forever and ever. His word endures forever. Know the truth. Your spiritual growth is not your pastor's responsibility. It's yours. Each of us is responsible for our own maturity and spiritual growth and development. You know, the people who work in the U.S. Treasury, they can easily detect counterfeit bills. And that's primarily because the $50 and $100 bills are printed on very rare paper, which feels slightly different than other paper. And these people handle and study the authentic bills in order to detect the counterfeit ones. So in a similar way, when we handle the Word of God regularly, we can discern counterfeit teaching. So we must anchor ourselves in the Bible. And the less time you spend with the truth, the easier it is to believe a lie. So we must know the truth. Second, similar, we must love the truth. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to love it. Jesus prayed in John 17, 17, Sanctify them in the truth, for your word is truth. If we love Jesus, we will love his word. And we will show him we love it by spending time in it, by studying it, to search these things. To be sanctified in the truth involves more than just believing it. Sanctification means that we are changed by it. That's God's desire. So knowing 
and loving the truth results in freedom. Third is also very simple. Live the truth. Know the truth. Love the truth. Live the truth. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If we hear God's word, but do not obey it, we are susceptible to deception. We need to know, love, and obey the scriptures. If we accept any element of deception, we are susceptible to more deception. I think we all know some friends that have received some element of deception. It's growing today. And if we do not live what we know to be true, then we have deceived ourselves already. Knowing truth alone is not enough. We need to obey the truth. So we must know the truth, love the truth, live the truth. And number four, walk in humility. Walk in humility. Embrace humility. Humility is a powerful safeguard from deception. First Peter 5. Peter says, all of you, that includes all of us, all of you, be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. God is attracted to humility. He's attracted to humility. God's Spirit anointed and inspired both apostles Peter and James to write the exact same words. God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. Because we love the truth, we welcome counsel, we welcome instruction, we welcome correction. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. I want my latter days to be greater than my early days in Jesus, don't you? That amen should have been louder. Yeah, I, I want my latter days to be far greater than my former. My former were, hallelujah. You know, if, if we are ever to see our great country, the United States of America, return to a sense of morality, you talk about deception. If we are ever to see our great country return to a sense of morality, to righteousness, to justice, to healing, humility is where we start. If my people who are called by my name, says the Lord, shall number one, humble themselves. It's the key, number one key to the four conditions. Humble themselves and pray. Intercede with God. When you see a problem, pray about it. Don't complain about it. And don't spread the negative to others, which is our natural tendency in the flesh. They'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Lord, I want to have greater intimacy with you in these days. Lord, I so look forward to this series and the Sermon on the Mount. I want to draw closer to you. I need you desperately in my life. 
Seek your face. Seek my face. And then turn from their wicked ways. Lord, I want you to search me. Every element. Recently, God revealed a pattern of a lifestyle of mine decades ago that had continued in various fashions. Man, he has gotten my attention. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. If we do those things, humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, God gives three glorious promises. He'll hear from heaven. He will forgive our sin and he'll heal our land. The responsibility rests upon us, those who are called by my name. All right, let's go back to Psalm 26. Back to Psalm 26. I want to read verses 6 and 7. <coughs> Excuse me. They tell us what David did in battling the evil that was all around him. And these are our marching plans for what we do in seeing all the evil around us. He said, verses 6 and 7, I wash my hands in innocence. In other words, he confessed all his sins as God brought them to his heart. I have washed my hands in innocence and I go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. So with evil surrounding David, what did David do? Here's the key. He began to verbally thank and praise God, declaring God's greatness. I see the evil in the world. I'm going to declare God's greatness. When was the last time you did that in your house? Or in your car? You should develop the habit of proclaiming God's greatness. It gets our eyes in the right place rather than our thoughts staying where they shouldn't be. We need a renewing in the spirit of the way we think. The evil is affecting us. It's affecting our prayer lives. It's affecting our walk with God. Because we too easily focus on the bad rather than focus where we need to. David knew and express his love to God out loud with gratitude for all the things God has done in his life. Listen, when you see evil happening, start thanking God for what he's done in your life. And we can all do that. This isn't asking you something beyond your capability. When you verbally praise, this goes back to the song that Bill led us in this morning, Bill and Marianne led us this morning. I will praise the Lord. For some of us, those are just words of a song. Praising the Lord needs to be a pattern of our life throughout the day. Not just on Sunday mornings. When verbal praise and love for the Lord fills all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, the joy of God fills our soul. And His joy becomes our strength. When the enemy wants to rob us of our joy by looking at the wrong things, 
He wins. We do not rejoice. We do not have joy. We have anguish for looking around rather than looking up. When you see these things come to place, Jesus said in Luke, look up. Look up. Our spiritual lives lack strength when we do not praise the Lord. We need to open our mouths. This is what David did. He said out loud. When he saw the evil, it's time to start worshiping. We need to open our mouths and declare His greatness in our lives daily, not just once a week. Too often we meditate on bad things that we see or we hear, and what do we do? We complain. It's what we do. We're so upset we complain, and the Lord's saying, pray about it right now. Pray about it right now. Because if we complain, it's going to rob us of peace and joy. David walked around the altar proclaiming thanksgiving out loud. I'll tell you, I've almost worn a path in, in our, through our living room and kitchen. I like going around in a circle. Listen, no one else is going to hear me. I can shout out loud, especially when Janet's not home. Of course, when she is home, she joins me often. And there are the two of us walking around the living room and in through the kitchen, worshiping and praising the Lord. Now that looks crazy to the natural man. But our Father in Heaven is going, I want my daughter, I want my son to be worshiping me in the midst of evil. It's our way out. Our way up is always the way out. I can just see David walking around. And you can do the same thing in your home. You can do the same thing. You don't need to go to an altar. Walk around your coffee table. <laughs> David chose to focus on God rather than all of the evil around him. This is our key today. Jesus said in John 4, 23, The time is coming, and indeed is right now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is looking for those who worship Him that way. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will help you and me to be found by God. God says He found David. I found David. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth looking to strongly support those whose hearts are completely His, not just on Sunday mornings. Our Father deserves our constant worship. Listen, heaven is going to be all about adoration, glorification, worship to whole new levels. And what captures your attention will always affect you. If you are addicted to the news, your, rob is, your joy is robbed. It's robbed. Because the news is bad news these days. But the good news is, come, look up, and praise up. And return to a place of joy and a place of peace in the midst of such growing darkness. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, You, O Lord, 
will keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he or she trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, verse 4, and in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. Listen, when we're feeling weak, start praising. I don't care whether you're sick. I think I told you I battled an upper respiratory infection for over a month. Even in the middle... <coughs> he wants to come back up. <coughs> Excuse me. See, I even talk about it and it goes, yeah, I'm still here. But I would walk through the house feeling sick, having my lungs filled. I would just start, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I worship you. When it started raining out, I went on my front porch, walked back and forth, and just started thanking him and praising him. I don't care what any cars think about if they go by. My father is looking at me. It's a time to worship. God's calling us to a place. Friends, I tell you, the devil is after your and my thought life. What captures our thoughts has us. Where will your mind be when trouble knocks on the door of your heart or the door of your mind? Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. David left a legacy for all of us to follow. He was a man after God's heart. The Father is looking for worshipers. He was a man after God's heart who would do all His will. Let's pray. Holy Father, oh God, Lord, as I've looked at this this week, I've just been so blessed for David. You found him. He stood out. He was a worshiper. He saw evil everywhere. He loved truth. He embraced truth. He wanted you to search his heart deeply. To see if there's be any type of wickedness deep down in his heart. And he wasn't resistant to the conviction and pointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to thank you that you exposed in my heart that element of evil that continued for decades and you just brought it recently to a place of deep godly sorrow and genuine repentance. Lord, if we humble ourselves and pray, if we seek intimacy with you, and we allow the Spirit to search our hearts of evil ways that are still lurking, Lord, you're going to hear our heart cry. You're going to forgive our sin, and you're going to bring healing to us. And you'll bring healing to our land if we do this corporately. Father, I pray, just as you found David 3,000 years ago, God, I pray that you'd find us also in these days of 2022. We want to be men and women who are fully after your heart, 
doing all your will. Please, I pray, please help us to be men and women, sons and daughters in whom you are well pleased. Amen.